I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, the surge of the coronavirus puts California hospitals near a breaking point. On Wednesday, the state was poised to cross 2 million total cases. It took eight months to reach the first million and just six weeks to reach a second million. Here to talk about the crisis and what authorities are saying as people prepare to celebrate the holidays, hopefully modestly, is Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. Aaron, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Damien. All right, Aaron, I know both of us are eager to get on with our holidays, although they may not be uh, as festive as usual. But give us an update. You know, we, we start to head into these off days with a lot of alarm from state officials. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is um, really a sort of ratcheting up of these uh, these warnings that people not come together for the holidays um, for a while. And, and before Thanksgiving, it was, you know, these sort of urgent pleas that people not do that. Um, and, you know, what we're we're seeing increasingly is like no people for real, like the orders forbid it, like the state stay at home orders say do not gather inside, outside it, in any place at any time with people outside of your household. And yes, that means the holidays. Like there's no exception there. So I think we're really kind of finally seeing that that push. And, you know, I don't anticipate there will be enforcement on that. I don't think anybody's, you know, Christmas celebrations are going to be interrupted by cops coming in or anything. But um, there is there is definitely um, a, a different tone, I think, to to these requests or these demands that people not come together. And are there places more than others where that message is going out? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, you know, Santa Clara County really put out an urgent message about that just uh, just on Wednesday. Um, they, of course, have been in, in the, the roughest shape or one of the roughest shapes um, in the Bay Area in terms of the, the pressure on their hospitals. Um, so they've been kind of really pushing hard on on that messaging. Um, and then, you know, just across Southern California, really, we've seen a lot of that that messaging, though. Um, it seems to be in a lot of places following on deaf ears. Yeah, it reminds me now you're going to have to remind me exactly what it was. But our headline of the Chronicle, the first day of the original stay at home order, the headline was just stay at home. Right. Yes. Right. So we are all the way back there, but it's but it's much worse now. And. A lot of it is because of the hospital capacity. So where are we at with that? Yeah, it's um, that just continues to nosedive. Um, really, we're looking mostly at intensive care capacity, um, which for the entire state as of Wednesday was at 1.1% availability. Um, so we are right there on the edge of having basically no intensive care beds available in the state. Now, that's a little bit of, of you know, a misleading kind of report because um, there are, you know, there's, there's, there is still is plenty of room to kind of build these surge kind of capacity, um, you know, hospitals and, and sites. And in fact, um, the state's already open four field hospitals for excess patients and is, is actually open in a fifth one, um, I think this week down in San Diego. Um, individual hospitals are, you know, putting up tents in their parking lots and they're expanding their their intensive care wards. Um, so there still is quite a bit of maneuvering that can be done. Um, but the real shortage is on the staffing front, which I think we've talked about before. Um, and at some point, you know, you just you only have so many people that you can you can draw in to staff those intensive care beds. Um, and that's going to be the real limiting limiting factor. Um, I think especially in in Southern California and some of those harder hit regions. Um, so we're sort of the, the the messages that we're hanging in there right now 
Um, but we're just so, so close to the edge, again, especially in Southern California, that any sort of bump from Christmas could just be a catastrophe. And when you say 1%, that's a, a, a statewide average? That's like if you count up all of the intensive care beds in the state, we're at only 1% of them are available. Wow. Okay. Governor Newsom today, I believe, warned of a, quote, surge on top of a surge on top of a surge. Now, that is not a scientific term, Aaron, (laughs) as far as I know. No. But what he's getting at, right, is that it can build on itself if we don't reverse it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what what he's referring to is what we've talked about a little bit, which is, um, you know, we came into December or actually we came into November kind of riding this national surge that was just taking off in California. So that's early November, which prompted sort of some of the initial limitations. Then we saw another Thanksgiving surge on top of that which, you know, we've definitely seen the numbers increasing. We're seeing that surge on top of a surge taper off a little bit now. So things are looking a little bit better in that post-Thanksgiving crush. Um, but the the fear that Newsom was referring to is that we will now have a third surge on top of a surge on top of a surge with the kind of post-Christmas, post-Kwanzaa, post, uh, post-New Year's um, increase in patients. Okay, got it. So people that are theoretically gathering this week where they shouldn't be right might might be gathering having already acquired the virus perhaps on thanksgiving yeah exactly that or they could be you know a an indirect kind of thanksgiving thing so you know i go to thanksgiving dinner with a family i get an asymptomatic case i pass it to a friend of mine when we're having you know coffee somewhere that person takes it to their family which then passes it to a grandparent at christmas time and so that's that's what we're talking about yeah I haven't done any of those things, by the way. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Thank you, Aaron. Yes. All right, Aaron, let's take a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit more about the coronavirus surge and the holidays when we come back on Fifth and Mission right after this. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa. I'm joined by health reporter Aaron Alday. We are talking about the latest on the coronavirus surge. Aaron even as we talk about how people need to not be gathering, they need to be very careful right now because, uh, in large part, because of the the lack of room in hospitals, there is still a backlash, right? Yeah, there is. I mean, we we see less of that in the Bay Area. Um, Bay Area folks have been pretty um, obedient, but we you know we see some of that in Solano County and some of the kind of outlying areas of the Bay Area, the kind of more um, suburban areas. We've seen some backlash of people just refusing to wear masks, that kind of thing. I will say personally, I went for a hike um, in um, in a regional park out in Contra Costa County over the weekend, and there were far fewer people wearing masks there than I see in my usual hikes in Tilden. Um, so that's just sort of one example of a little anecdotal regional difference. But we've seen a lot of pushback in in Southern California, really. Um, and I think that that has a lot to do with why they are experiencing so many more cases, especially in, in you know, some of the, the counties that are neighboring to, to Los Angeles. All right, Aaron, I've been doing a lot of hiking recently. And I want to ask you whether you have seen uh, this couple, which I've seen everywhere, where one person is wearing a mask and the other is not and doesn't seem to be uh, interested in it. And there seems to be some embarrassment on the part of the, the masked person for their for their denial of their partner. Have you seen this person? I have 100% seen that couple. I saw them, many of them just last weekend. Um, 
where and you know what I would see is when they would see me coming, the one with the mask would like separate from the maskless person um, or kind of give them like a dirty look. Like at least you can pull up your face covering when we're meeting another person. But um, no, it's definitely a thing. It is. It is definitely a thing. So, um, you know, you mentioned there is not a lot of enforcement. Um, and again, but we're seeing we're seeing a, a lot of coverage of, of gatherings, whether they be, you know, wedding gatherings, a lot of people coming in and out of the airports. I mean, what what is the power? Is it just on the part of the counties just telling people or do they have some sort of power they may need to start using? So they do technically have a power of enforcement, um, I think, you know, largely in cooperation with local law enforcement. So, you know, they need to kind of be on board together with that. But but no, I mean, the, the, the point is that the capacity to enforce certainly is there. It's part I mean, these are public health orders. Um, they are meant to be enforced. Um, the reason why they're not, I mean, there's sort of many reasons why they're they're not. One is it's just impractical. I mean, we just don't have the resources to, I mean, even, even alone, like, what are you going to do about people gathering together for Christmas? You just don't have even, even if you wanted to, you couldn't send cops to everybody's house and peeking in their windows and knocking down their doors if they're, you know, getting together for Christmas dinner. Um, so it's just not logical, really reasonable to, to do that kind of enforcement. But on top of that, you know, it's one of the sort of standards of, of public health that you want cooperation. You don't want to punish people. You don't want to shame them. Um, we've learned that with HIV AIDS epidemic, that the, the, the right way to work with the public and to get people to cooperate is to talk to them and to get them to understand why these things matter um, and not to, to, to punish them again or, or, or shame them or, or make them feel bad. That's just that's just not that's not how humans work. That's just not the best way to motivate people to behave well. I think what we're running into with this pandemic is that these public health efforts need to happen quickly in order to be effective, right? Like we need to get people immediately on board. And usually with public health messaging, you need time. Like it takes time to get people to understand seatbelts and why they're important or or helmets for motorcycles or even, you know, wearing condoms for to prevent HIV and AIDS. You have at least some sort of time to get that message out there. Whereas this pandemic, it's such a flash, right? Like we need people to understand that the importance of wearing masks immediately. And so I think the enforcement issue has been a little bit more kind of dramatic with this pandemic because we really want to see people complying right away. It's just, um, it's, it's definitely complicated. I want to ask you too about um, Dr. Mark Golly, who's the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary for the state. He has been talking about modeling about what we might see in coming weeks and some pretty alarming numbers. I think uh, today he said that the modeling was showing more than 100,000 hospitalizations were possible in the next month. Again, where are we at with that? And are these things we should be really concerned about? Yeah, I think the modeling stuff is really challenging because um, the truth is that's that that model. I mean, that's a worst case scenario. Right. And modeling is mostly useful in public health for preparation purposes, right? Like they need to be able to model out and say, okay, what's the worst case situation we could be dealing with in a month? And how do we prepare for that? How do we think about that? Um, so it's, it's model models are, are very useful, very productive in that sense. They're kind of a dangerous game to play when you put that stuff out before the public, because that worst case scenario is terrifying, right? Like that's a really alarming number. The idea of a hundred thousand people in hospitals by the end of January, when we're only under, we're about 20,000 today on Wednesday. Um, so that's just sort of, it's hard to wrap your head around that, but 
that's probably not going to happen. Like that's, that's such the extreme end. And so that kind of feeds into this sort of public reaction of, you know, accusing the governor and, and his people of fear mongering, right, of overstating the the issue here just to get kind of compliance. And, you know, we've already had so much politicization with this pandemic. We've already had so much kind of pushback that, you know, there's an argument to be made that, you know, even though it is transparent to talk to people about these worst case scenarios and these models, how productive is it to put that out there to kind of put that fear into people's minds when it's not actually a very likely outcome, even if things go really off the rails? Yeah. And field hospitals, outside hospitals are, are sort of bad enough, I think. No, exactly. Um, I mean, that's so my we're take. already seeing some of the yeah, we're already seeing some of the bad results. So last thing I want to ask you is just about the progress of, of vaccinations. Um, where are we at with that? And, and how is it going in the Bay Area? Um, it seems to be coming along apace. I mean, we had the sort of initial stumbles, a few initial stumbles with, you know, the some counties and some hospitals not getting the number of vaccine doses that they were promised um, from from the government, from the federal government. Um, we had, you know, that issue with, with Stanford. Um, I think it was Stanford. Yeah. That, that, you know, they kind of had an algorithm in place on how they were going to distribute and it skipped an important kind of group of people, um, who really should have been priorities to get vaccinated. So, you know, we've definitely had some stumbles. I think a lot of that it's, it's frustrating for the individuals and it's frustrating for all of us at this time, but it's kind of to be expected. This is going to be such a massive effort to get these these vaccines out there that we're certainly going to see some of these, you know, mistakes along the way. Um, I think on the whole, you know, we're seeing a lot of people getting vaccinated already. Um, I think Marin County reported just this week that they'd already done 70 percent of all of the nursing home staff in their county um, and were ready to move on to to vaccinating first responders like firefighters, um, paramedics, those kind of folks. Um, so we're definitely seeing, you know, that the progress is made. I think the CDC just put out a report on, uh, on Wednesday that they had officially vaccinated, um, 1 million people in the United States as of Wednesday, which, you know, that's 1 million people in a pretty short period of time. Yeah. I was talking to my dad about vaccination. He's, he's older and as a, as a cancer survivor. So I know it's going to give me a lot of peace when he gets it and, and fairly soon. I don't know. I think for a lot of people, even if they don't get it, having a family member get it might bring them some real, uh, real peace of mind. Yeah. I was just talking with my parents about that last week. My dad is 76 and my mom is 71 and sorry to both of them for putting their ages out there now. Um, but my dad was excited to hear that he had been, he was in the next priority group, which is 74 and up. Um, my mom was a little bummed to realize that she was not, but, but exactly what you said, she was thinking that she was relieved that, you know, one person in their house would be protected and that would actually help the both of them. Um, so, and my dad definitely plans to get out there and get that as soon as, as his number comes up. Well, Aaron, thanks again and have a great holiday. I appreciate you joining me. Thanks, Damien. Happy holidays to you too. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle reporter Aaron Alday, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>